these days I take green tea every single day. When I first came here in Japan, green tea was like the most horrible drink you know, in the world. You didn't like green tea at first? At all. Today, this is a part of my everyday life. Ah, oh, so you have truly become Japanese. Yeah, I mean, miso soup, miso soup is a part of my everyday life. Welcome to the Bridge Beyond English podcast. This is an English podcast that will help you expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross cultural communication skills so that you can connect more deeply with the world. I'm your host, David Nagai. This episode is an interview with Urshad Rana. Urshad is from Bangladesh and moved to Japan to study over 28 years ago and has been here ever since. During the interview, Urshad shares about adjusting to Japan, language learning, cultural identity, accepting new ideas, and being flexible. He even sang a Bengali song. And a Japanese song. I am so excited to share this interview with you. Arshad Rana, welcome to the podcast. Hi, David. I'm really happy that you invited me here. I'd like to start with、uh, your childhood growing up in Bangladesh. Well, yep.、Uh, I was born in.、Um, In a city,、um, one of our biggest cities、uh, of Bangladesh is Chittagong. I was living there until I, I came here in Japan. I had a wonderful family、uh, environment great parents, brothers, sisters, some very good friends, relatives. So, from what's I better say, very typical Bangladeshi way of、uh, having a childhood days like me. And I was pretty happy. I'm from actually a very religious、um, Muslim family. But at the same time,、um, I also can say that we are very open. We had friends from so many different、um, backgrounds.、Um, Some of your friends were Hindu, Christian, Hindus, Buddhist. Buddhist.、Um, Some are minority people. Okay, so you had friends from different backgrounds, different religions, but the majority of Bangladesh is Muslim, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly.、Um, so, in general, how strict are most Muslims? I think in my country, people are religious Muslims, but at the same time, they're moderate Muslims. Moderate, okay. Yeah, and.、Uh, Well, you see, some people are very much religious. Some people actually they're religious, but they don't bother much. Okay.、But、okay. The good thing is that I think they follow. They try to follow rules and regulations of、uh, all those religious things.、Mm-hmm. And the main rules are what? I don't like to go into all those d- deep things. The main rules are that it's actually it's actually peaceful religion. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's supposed to be the main rule. 
if, if you ask me, uh, I personally, I would like to say in that way. And there are a lot of, I mean, details, but I don't, I don't go into it. Okay, so there are a lot of different details with the rules and people interpret them in different ways, but the general, the general hope of Islam is peace, right? Peace, respect. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. I, uh, my Muslim friends who uh, practice the peaceful way of life, I've learned a lot from as well. And even the, the Muslim greeting uh, means peace, right? Peace to you. Is peace upon you. Yeah. Peace, peace to upon you. you. Yeah. So that's assalamu alaikum, right? Exactly. And uh, it's, yeah, I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful phrase, um, beautiful greeting. What's your education background like from childhood? Was it in English or Bengali? Okay. Um, I studied until uh, my high school days in Chittagong, my hometown. That was totally in, in Bengali. There's a total of uh, 12 years of uh, formal education. Totally in Bengali. But how did you learn English? Well, I mean, the system was based on uh, Bengali, but we had to study some lot of different subjects, and English was one of uh, those. Ah, okay, okay. So, Urshad, what, uh, what's something that you love about Bangladeshi culture that is unique or wonderful that you want to share with our audience? Okay, um, I'm not sure if I can pick up something I can say unique because I think more or less Asian cultures are, I think, pretty much similar. Um, what if I pick up one thing that is that we have a very strong bond among family members siblings, even among friends. Um, I think this is pretty much unique. Mm -hmm. But also similar to other Asian cultures and Japan in that relationships are very important. It's very important. But maybe you feel an extra tight bond between friends and family uh, in Bangladeshi culture. Uh, Yeah, in uh, this is my, I mean, personal experience. I mean, my friends, my especially from uh, those I am familiar with, childhood days, they are actually a huge part of my life. I see, even till now. Until now. Can you share a little bit about some of the art culture or uh, literature, music culture? I know, I know, you have really studied a lot and experienced a lot of art and literature, culture. I think something very unique about myself, I was a very lucky person, very lucky kid. Uh, my family, we had very strong a background of culture, historically. My ancestors were actually, they were patrons of Bangla literature for, I mean, for hundreds Oh, years. so they helped support and promote they literature did. and they did. artists. Okay. Yeah, they did. So this is something, a kind of feeling. It, I feel it's, it's something inside me. So this is a kind of education, the environment. I was born, the conversation we had among our family members, the lot of things I learned very naturally. So uh, naturally, I had a kind of 
on with the literature, art and culture in different ways. So it was kind of in your blood, literature and art and history were in your your family heritage. It's it's, it's a heritage and I can feel it. I mean, mean, this is something that I can, I just can't ignore it. Say my brother uh, is an artist. What kind of artist? He is actually a, uh, right now he is a teaching in our local university you call Chittagong University. He's, he's teaching arts. My uncle, who was actually, he had a PhD in Bangla literature a long time ago. His work was actually based on the Muslim impact in Bangla culture. Ah, okay. And for our listeners, Bangla is, is Bengali. The Bengali or the, the, the name of the country or the language. So yeah. in, in Bengali, you say Bangla. Yeah. yeah. So he, he made some original works, about, original works about the impact of Islam on Bangladesh. Bangladesh or Bangla literature. Bangla literature. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So can you say anything more about uh, maybe some of the most famous... Uh, literary giants, the writers, the poets? Well, um, this is actually a tricky question in, in some ways. Say, um, if I talk about Bangladesh or if I talk about just Bangla, it's actually uh, a, bit, a bit different. So huh? the country of Bangladesh compared to the language Bengali, because Bengali is also spoken across the border in India in the state of West Bengal. But in terms of culture, I think Kolkata or Bangladesh or Dhaka, whatever it is, we are we are same. It's, it's mm. no difference. In terms of that, Rabindranath Tagore is so famous. Yes, yes. I think he was a giant not only in Bengali literature, I mean in global international literature as well. What is he most known for? He owned... Um, a Nobel Prize in Literature. And that was most probably in 1913 or 1911. And why did his literature win the prize? It's the beauty of uh, literature, I better say. Okay. Including, including, including his piece, including unity itself. Okay, okay. Um, so do you have any excerpt uh, from one of his poems or quotes or pieces of work that you could share in 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 bangla or in english yeah i can i can do i mean i'm a huge fan of his song okay 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 i can share one of his song oh that would be wonderful arishat okay let me start with this one okay well, what's the name of the song first we don't have a name for this but we can uh, explain it uh, with the very first a line of the poem itself. Okay. It means, well, I'm not sure if my English is appropriate for this one, but I don't know what sort of impression or uh, question left away in my mind. That might okay. be a, 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 well, an English interpretation for this one. Okay, maybe hard okay. to translate. Hard to translate, that's, that's sure. true. Okay, the song then. Okay. Moni 
Wow, beautiful, beautiful. So the essence of the meaning of that song, can you explain? Well, the essence is something like that. It's uh, it's between, say, two persons. It's kind of, say, it might be something relationship. When you are apart from someone you really um, have a connection with, born with a friend, but he is not literally with you at this time. So even though you're far apart, there's still this deep bond between friends that... Deep bond and also at the same time, it's complication of relationship. You, you can feel something, but at the same time, hesitation is also there at the same time. The deep longing for old friends or, or lovers uh, across oceans, far away, in different cities, different towns, over mm-hmm. time and space the human connection, the, the thing about being human, it's complex, but it's deep, it's emotional. Yep. Okay, so eventually you came to Japan. Did you speak any Japanese when you came to Japan? Almost none. Almost none. So this was when you graduated from high school, basically, right? Exactly, yeah. So why, why did you come to Japan and how was your adjustment? The simple answer is I came here to study. My main reason was to study. At the same time, I wanted to live from my family at the same time. I wanted to build up myself from a totally different type of culture and perspective where I can find something new about myself. A time when you wanted to separate from your family, make your own path, discover more of the world and become who you were becoming. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, the word discover, I think, is it's, it's a good one to explain about my feeling at that time. So you arrived and started university? Yeah, I started university, but my very first year I had to study Japanese, full-time Japanese. Sounds like you worked pretty hard that first year studying Japanese. I did, how, I did. How difficult was Japanese? Because my understanding is that Bengali language and Japanese language have some overlap in grammar. Yeah, I mean, that was a kind of helpful to me. But when you start something from scratch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's a hard work. Yeah. Uh, but the good thing was, um, if I go back, I was 19 years old, so my brain was fresh, my mind was fresh, but it was like a sponge. I was gaining everything, every single part, every single new experience, every single new word, whatever it is, every single expression I had in my surroundings. 
Right. So, so you were just immersed in Japanese culture and language and just soaking up every new word every day, learning so much all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's not about the textbook itself. I mean, every time I go out, say, in a convenience store, when I try to buy something, I talk to the person at the store, the word she says at the time, that is totally new to me. But I was young enough to catch up. That was a huge learning. And what was it like integrating into Japanese culture and society, making friends and fitting in, belonging? That was not an easy task, but I think I was very much positive. I didn't fear at all making mistakes. Well, if I go back, I mean, I was making so many mistakes. I mean, I do make mistakes even these days in Japanese and English, whatever it is. But day by day, those mistakes. Yeah, I feel like uh, many of us, when we study a language or try to do something new, we're afraid of making mistakes. And when we're afraid of making mistakes, then we don't try because we're embarrassed and we have shame. So it sounds like you were able to actually do the opposite and just make as many mistakes as possible and then increase your confidence more and more. That's true. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, to be honest, I didn't know at the time what was wrong or what was correct. Right, but you just I was just <laughs> I was trying to implement every single new thing I learned at the time. Yeah. But the good thing is that good thing is that when I look at the impression of my listeners at the time, people those I were talking, their expression actually was a huge um, learning process to me. Seeing their reaction to your reaction, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that was great. <laughs> What was the most embarrassing or funny mistake you've ever made? I can pick up one like this. But in my culture, you say, we offer to go for a cup of tea with anyone we meet. You understand that? Yeah. It's a part of our culture. It's a, a kind of showing um, your feeling of intimacy to someone or uh, Hospitality, hospitality or friendliness you friendliness. offer to have a cup of tea on the street right? so when I tried that one here in Japan especially when I was talking with a young lady that means something different in this culture right especially yeah. for, for, <laughs> for women right 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 it's a real it's really too forward maybe if you don't know someone very well yeah. yeah, it said maybe I'm asking for a date or something like that. Right, so. right. <laughs> what was the most shocking or biggest culture shock when you came here? I talked about Rabindranath Tagore at the beginning, okay? Right, the famous Bengali poet, yes. The famous Bengal poet. He is a famous Bengal poet to me. He's a part of my culture, a part of our culture, no matter that is Bangladesh or that is uh, Kolkata. Mm -hmm. okay. um, in my early days um, here in Japan, uh, when I started to talk about Rabindranath Tagore, when I was talking with a kind Japanese gentleman, he was uh, surprised um, 
you heard about that? He said, yep, I heard about Rabindranath Tagore, but he is an Indian. But you're from Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. I, uh, that surprised me a lot. Okay, no doubt he was an Indian, but this is also true that he was a Bengali. Yes. So that was actually a huge shock to me. Until then, he was not an Indian to me. Um, he was he was just a Rabindranath Tagore. Right, with and deep, uh, deep roots in all Bengali culture. Exactly. And Bangladesh. Exactly. Yeah. That was huge. I still remember that thing. Okay, and yeah, a different way of thinking. What are some of the most interesting things or most important things you've learned since being in Japan over the last 28 years? When you look at yourself from a different perspective, say, I am from Bangladesh, but I live here in Japan right now. Right now, I'm in a position to look at myself which is totally different from when I was in my country. See, so I can feel like that when I was in my country, my understanding was like that, uh, say, religion was the most important part of my identity. <clears throat> but after coming here in Japan, I started to feel like that well, religion itself is a huge part of my identity, but today I, I can say um, without any uh, hesitation that is, my culture is my actually most important identity. Your Bengali culture. Bengali culture. And it is included my language itself, and it's included including my food culture, or way of thinking. This is a huge, I think, uh, discovery for myself. Now, you have studied so much Japanese and internalized Japanese language and culture uh, to a very high level, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, all, all the Japanese I meet who know you say, Urshad has very good Japanese how much has Japanese language and culture become a part of you? Because you've lived more than half your life in exactly. Japan now. So yeah. that's a lot of time. That's mm -hmm. true. I mean, Japanese language is my first language right now. For myself, it's the most spoken language. Then it comes English. So my native language, Bengali, or I better say, I have another language that is called Chidogonian. Right. So, so those two languages comes third or fourth. Okay. So the, the local comes first. The local dialect in Chidogong is Chidogonian. Chidogonian. Okay. Have you come across any Japanese music or literature that you have particularly enjoyed? I like Japanese music of 70s a lot. What specifically? They call it folk music of 70s here in Japan. But I feel a kind of psychological relationship. Emotional connection. Emotional connection, which is actually um, 
very much close to us, our culture. Bengali young culture, I better say. Young people in Bangladesh. Young people. Or, Bangladesh. or your generation from, no, my from generation. that time. Okay. Is there any particular song or part of a song that you could share with us? Yeah, I can do that, but it's not a song from 70s. It's okay. a recent one, 20 years ago. The song is called Nada Soso. This is actually an Okinawan song. In Japanese, it is, you can say Namida Poroporo. Namida is a tear. Tear, yep. Tear. Poroporo is you're tearing drop by drop. You can say this is a love song. It's a love song and it's a sad song at the same time. But the, the mental attachment is actually it's something that excites me very much. So uh, I think I better sing the song. Okay, we would love it. Urui arubamu mekuri arigato te sugaita itsumo itsumo mune no naka arigato. あれ well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you, you should use the final part of the song. Okay, the final part. That, 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 that's the most amazing part of the song. <laughs> okay. Okay. I forgot the, all the lyrics in the middle. That's right. I'll, I'll make that it. doesn't happen usually, you know. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that song with us. Could you share maybe your advice for our listeners from your experience, connecting with people in different cultures, adjusting to new situations? What is your mindset or attitude when you meet new people or learn new things and adjust to a new culture or place? Well, I mean... Be flexible enough to accept whatever it is. In one word, I better say that's my answer for this uh, question. Simple, but not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it's actually, it's, I mean, it's quite difficult, actually. Except, except yeah. something which is actually totally different from your ideas or from your experience that you still need to Except that it's not easy at all. Yeah, I think that applies to our life in general as we interact with different types of people and cultures as our world becomes more diverse. Mm -hmm. So it's very important now more than ever. And also when I think about the pandemic, we need to accept reality and be flexible and adjust, right? So I think both in diverse relationships uh, new situations and the pandemic. And when you mix all these things together, 
your two words of accept and be flexible are so important. And accepting people like people who are different, foreigners or LGBTQ people or anyone who's different, accepting, that's, I think that is what makes us a human community. I mean, even, even the food culture, you know, these days I take green tea every single day. But first time, when I first came here in Japan, green tea was something, it's like something of the most horrible drinks you know, in the world. You didn't like green tea at first? At all. Today, this is a part of my real life. Ah, oh, so you have truly become Japanese. Yeah, I mean, miso soup, miso soup is a part of my everyday life right now. So, Urshad, last year you became an official Japanese national. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. How did that feel? Well, I mean, um, that feels more relaxing um, because I feel more, what to say, uh, more flexible right now. I'm free to go anywhere I want with this. Um, I'm, I'm allowed a Japanese passport right now. Right. So you have a Japanese passport and you can vote. I can vote. And, well, having a Japanese passport means like that I can just buy a ticket and fly anywhere, any place I want to fly, I want to go. I don't need to care about visa or that kind of right. say, formalities anymore. Because the Japanese passport is very powerful, very free. It's very powerful. And um, from my professional perspective, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually very much helpful for me right now. Yeah, definitely. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. So, Urshad, is there any last uh, request or advice or comment you want to share with our dear listeners before we say goodbye? Well, it's a very typical Japanese type of question. <laughs> Just be curious. Be curious. That was some of the advice from a previous podcast episode interview as well. Be curious. Be curious. I, I find I find that you and also Ed in the other episode, uh, both of you are very cross-cultural, global citizens who, yeah, you have a lot of curiosity and that's part of what it means to be a global citizen because you yeah. accept and adapt and uh, learn new things every day. So. Yeah, be curious, be flexible. All right. Well, Arshad, thank you so much for your time and sharing part of your story and your experiences with us and even your songs. So uh, <laughs> I think the listeners have enjoyed hearing your unique perspective. And yeah, I really appreciate you joining us today. You're welcome. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to help us spread this podcast to more people, you can write a review or leave a rating. 
And finally, if you are interested in using English to expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication skills, you can join a free trial class right here in Yokohama Motomachi or online. If that is something that interests you, you can click the link in the show notes or just visit us at bridgebeyondenglish.com. I'm your host, David Nagai. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.